You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 84. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. Roro, we've made it here, and we've had no technical issues at all. Nope. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, some slight technical issues with the new PC setup here, but we continue on. Anyways, uh, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there, as well as twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. Roro, the topic of the show this week is the news on the latest financials for both Xbox and PlayStation. But first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Roro, the first item on the PXN news of the week is this. Now, I just want to preface this. This is completely unrelated from ev- anything I talked about last week during, you know, the games we were playing. You know, it's not related at all if anyone's watching at home. Uh <laughs> But anyways, uh, Scavengers, uh, it has an experimental scav lab mode that can support 9,000 players in the same space, as, uh, as many people were uh, uh, reporting on this after they were shown this event. And I have heard things, I, I wouldn't know this firsthand or anything, but I, I have heard <laughs> that... This runs extremely well and is extremely insane to see. Like, it is very impressive to see the performance of 9,000 people in one play space. And, like, I'm not even talking about, like, 9,000 people, like, around, like, a huge area, like, nowhere close to each other. I'm talking about 9,000 people all in one area, like, Jesus. insanity like they had screenshots uh in this article that that just shows the scale of how many people are in this test and like the screenshot doesn't even do it justice but like they're talking about how in the uh in this test they had the developers they essentially made themselves bigger and so they were towering above these crowds of people and they were playing uh, crowd tennis with the crowds of people. So they had like a push ability. So they had literally people pushing back and forth uh, like a tennis match with thousands of people. Uh, so I just <laughs> thought this was freaking insane and very impressive. And what do you think this this technology could be used for, Aurora? Uh The only thing I could see this being used in like war video games stuff like like kind of like battlefield sort of esque sort of stuff um battle royales like this over nine thousand players would be pretty insane um but i i just i'm just impressed by by hearing that it's it ran well because i've heard things like uh or i've seen things like games similar like uh planet planet side i think might have been a game i know there's a game some space game that allows quite an uh, a lot nowhere near nine thousand, but it's still an impressive number. I think it's like a thousand or or two thousand, something crazy like that. Yeah. But nine thousand is obviously breaking that record, 
and to hear that it is running well is is impressive in itself. But I'm I'm excited to 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 hear more, see more about this. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would love to see some large scale battles with this yeah. technology. That would be really cool. Yeah, it, it, that you're absolutely right. That would be insane to see large scale thousands of people. Like I just can't even fathom it. And uh, you did mention Battlefield Roro, which leads us into our next story. Uh, beautiful right there. Uh, <laughs> I pointed to the wrong camera, though, because that one doesn't work right now. Uh, Battlefield 2021 Roro apparently will be revealed soon by DICE with the biggest team ever working on it brought to life with the power of next gen consoles and PC. Uh, and they also announced or said that a new Battlefield mobile game is coming in 2022 as well. So this is kind of, I mean, it's not surprising. EA is going to throw everything they have at Battlefield. Obviously, it's the biggest competitor to Call of Duty that they have. And even though it's not the same type of game necessarily, like apples to apples, but it's still a big competitor in terms of, you know, the military shooter uh, space. So what's interesting here is is they're already abandoning uh, current gen consoles, which it, it can be seen as a good or a bad thing, but it's kind of a good thing, I guess, uh, seeing as they're going to allow the developers at DICE to kind of take full advantage of the next gen consoles power and PC as well. So I'm very interested to see what this looks like because dice ha- are like freaking masterful artists. Like the, it's insane the level of detail they put into their games and how gorgeous they look. Uh, so I'm very excited to see that and like all the destruction uh, and and such in Battlefield uh, 2021. But this this mobile game isn't surprising either because, I mean, you have Call of Duty mobile, you have PUBG mobile. There's so many other mobile games out there, so they're probably trying to dip their toes into those waters as well. Uh, Roro, are you excited to see what Battlefield 2021 ends up looking like? Uh, definitely. I'm, I'm excited to see what sort of improvements they make on the already, like you mentioned, impressive work that they have done in the previous games. Um, with their the destructible environments and and stuff like that, um, I think the only one that I have played was the most recent one was five. I think is the most yes. or six the most recent one. Five. Six would be the new one. So yeah, yeah, five is the one that I played. I didn't even play that much, but I, I did enjoy my time with it. I just really just played online multiplayer. I know the there was a story mode where you would switch between uh, different characters that I I didn't dig that much, but I I did enjoy the multiplayer a lot. And yeah, I'm I'm excited that this is just going to be a PS5, even though I don't have one, but just a next gen uh, project to see what they can do with that technology and not, you know, dipping their toes in both, but focusing on one. I think that'll be exciting to see what that that brings out. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I think it's going to be insane just to see oh, everything. It's gonna ah, it's gonna be so good. I love it. I love it. Um, Roro, the next news story we have, EA has uh, kind of, well, I guess Microsoft and EA has kind of dropped a bunch of new games with boosts for FPS boosts, so the frames per second boost on Series S and X. 
Um, so there's a bunch of games that are being added here, and I'm going to continue to stall while I get this tab open because of issues I had. Anyways, the full <laughs> list is Battlefield 1, Battlefield 4, Battlefield 5, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Zo- Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. I don't think I can say that 20 times over. Uh, sea of Solitude, Battlefront, Battlefront 2, Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Unravel 2. A lot of games getting frames per second boosts, and a lot of them are 120 uh, hertz improvements, so it's essentially doubling it from 60 to 120. Um, which is really cool. I thought that that was cool to highlight all of those, especially since a lot of these are in uh, EA Play um, and it's included with Game Pass Ultimate. So if you already have Game Pass Ultimate, you're going to see all of these additional uh, games getting improvements. And obviously that's with the caveat that you have a Series S or X and also the caveat that you have a a monitor or TV that can support 120 hertz, um, which not a lot do, not a lot of TVs do anyways. Um, But yeah, this is super cool. Uh, I hope they continue to do this for backwards compatible games and I hope that more games keep getting added because this is a really awesome feature. Um, And I notice a lot of people... A lot of people have been talking about why Titanfall 2 has gotten a surge in population lately. I don't think it's just this, but this is kind of maybe one more thing that kind of has gotten people to go back to Titanfall 2. Um, did you play Titanfall 2, Roro? I can't remember. I've started. I haven't finished okay. it, but I have started it. Okay. Um, I know how amazing people say the campaign is, so I, I, I do want to complete it and now. It's on Game Pass, so I, I'm going to continue it. I'm going to keep keep going and finish it. Nice. But um, yeah, obviously the like you say, how surge in popularity. The the Apex season yes. came out as well. I think it was I think it was on sale somewhere as well. Like it it got a really nice price reduction somewhere. I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of people show uh, a lot of Titanfall love uh, this week. Um, I would love to see the Battlefront games, what they look like at 120 FPS, because those games are are beautiful. Say what you will about the actual content of the game, but those are really beautiful games, and they run really well, at least my experience with them. Um, But yeah, I would love to see how how that looks at 120 frames per second. That would be fun. Yes, yes, that would be insane. Uh, I agree. Uh, Roro, It Takes Two is a little game that EA has uh, also published. I kind of skipped one because uh, this ties in with EA and I, I kind of messed that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it Takes Two has sold over 1 million copies in less than a month, uh, which is insane. Joseph Fares, who is the famous guy who uh, said F the Oscars at the Game <laughs> Awards, uh, he's uh, the kind of the, the creative director um, at, at their studio. And he says that this has has proven that uh, players want co-op games, which I agree with completely, actually. Uh, I think it's definitely something that a lot of people out there, especially it takes two, because unlike uh, unlike A Way Out, like I feel like A Way Out was very good and uh, had a very cool story, but I feel like the theme of A Way Out was very daunting to people that may not be gamers 
uh, so to speak, for instance. Like, for instance, I've been playing uh, It Takes Two, or at least I started playing It Takes Two with my girlfriend, and it's a very different experience because, you know, it's a very lighthearted game, and it's got humor, and it, the art style is, like, very friendly and welcoming, whereas if we were playing um, uh, A Way Out, I don't... It wouldn't be the same experience. She would probably be like, what, what is this? Eh. She'd probably be less interested in it because of, you know, the tone and everything else. So I think this is awesome to see, and I hope that we continue to see stuff like this from his studio at Hazelight because everything they've made so far has been really cool. And he was kind of one of the lead guys for uh, a brother's uh, A Tale of Two Sons as well, which uh, that was another really good co-op game. So, uh, Roro, does this have you excited for the future of co-op games? And have you played It Takes Two yet? I don't think, no. Okay. No, I have not, not yet. Um, but that, that's something that I want to play with my, my girlfriend as well. Yeah. Um, I just have to buy it first. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it it's awesome. And, I, and it does excite me for the future of, of co-op games, which is something that I, I don't dive into often because sometimes they're not couch co-op, so I don't even have the option to play with my girlfriend because she doesn't have a lot of the, the same uh, systems that I do. Um, and sometimes the systems that she does have, the game isn't on. So like she has a switch, I have a switch. So there's, a, there's certain games that we just can't, can't play together. But Joseph Fires, like you said, has been doing a great job with proving kind of the industry wrong in, on a lot of things, whether it be smaller titles doing really well or co-op games doing really well. It, it, if, if the game is good, we're going we're gonna to play it. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's a good game, gamers are going to uh be attracted to it so i think he's doing a great job and i'm excited for co-op games but i'm more excited for what joseph Fares has next because uh everything that i've seen from it takes two it looks awesome looks beautiful as well um i thought it was an interesting uh way how he marketed it he first like would describe it as a romantic comedy which is something that don't, don't really get a lot in in games romantic comedies romantic anything honestly yeah. so it was definitely refreshing to to hear that and not it be called like a a platform or or a action whatever it's it's a romantic comedy first and it's a it's a game second which is it's pretty cool yeah so uh i'm excited to see what what's next from him for sure and and, and kudos to ea for even letting him <laughs> do stuff like this which is something that i don't think we could have said a, a couple of years ago yes for sure yeah Definitely, I love seeing the creativity for sure from Joseph Fares and team. Uh, Roro, I just want to shout, shout out one of our biggest fans, your dad, Brenty. <laughs> Thank you for joining us through these technical issues we had in the pre-show because uh, it's been a bit rough this week, but appreciate you being here. Uh, Roro, CD Projekt Red has revealed that over 13.7 million copies of Cyberpunk were sold in 2020 alone. And one of the interesting parts that I, I took from this was only 30,000 refunds were issued. So out of 13 plus million copies, only 30,000 people requested a refund, which is just insane to me to think about, like... Uh, it was pulled from PlayStation Network. Uh, all of these issues that came out with progression and all of that, and only 30,000 people refunded. That This is the exact reason why video game publishers just say, let's release the game because it doesn't affect sales, as you can see, because 
only 30,000 people refunding their game is not a big amount at all. That's a tiny drop in the bucket compared to that. Um, do you think that seeing these numbers kind of worries you at all that maybe publishers are going to look at this and say, Hey, maybe we can just release our game. Even if it's not perfect, like, or it's not great, we can release it and patch it. Yeah. I, I have hope that after what happened with cyberpunk 2077, that developers are still going to look at it and, and, and take their time or not release it early. But like you said, people are 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 still buying them, and the thirty thousand is is not a lot, like you said. And it just there's there's people like us who are like the hardcore, and we and we watch the news, we look at the developers, but that's clearly not a lot of people out there. Like there's people who bought that game, saw that it sucked, and probably didn't even know that they could return it, or that who they don't even know who CD Projekt Red is, so they just like True. either stopped playing it or took their L and just continued playing it and and waited for the the uh the um the patches and stuff like that but there's so many people who bought this game who are so out of the loop who just thought like this is probably what it was supposed to be like or they waited or so- something like that but i really hope that this doesn't make cd project red think that they can do something like this again i don't think it it does it, it seems like they're trying to right their wrongs with a lot of the patches and how they're communicating now yeah but i <sighs> I really hope <laughs> it's it seems it seems like developers don't want to repeat stuff like this, but it it is just such a small amount. It's a vocal amount, but it is such a small gaming community that really knows what's going on, yeah. as opposed to the thirteen point seven million who are just buying the game and playing it, or just it's money in their pockets. Even if they're if they stop playing it halfway through and they were disappointed, they they didn't get their money back. So yeah, yeah. You're you're totally right though. Uh, the the average person who bought this game does not have any idea who CD Projekt Red is. <laughs> they're they're just buying the game because they've seen cool things on it and people are talking about it. And so yeah, you're you're totally right. That's probably a big reason why the refunds were only thirty thousand. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what publishers do and see if they see if this sways them one way or another. Hopefully. Not for the negative side of things, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Roro, our next story. Sony has apparently said that they will aggressively invest in its first-party studios over the next year, as well as create more partnerships with third-party studios. Uh, I thought this was an interesting um, quote because uh, it's it's definitely showing uh, kind of Sony's position now because. Microsoft for so long was in a position where they were the, you know, they were the publisher that had the least amount of first party studios and they were lacking very badly in that regard for a long time. And now we're in a point where arguably Sony is actually in the position where they have the least amount of studios and obviously they have insanely talented studios like uh it's not necessarily the number that matters it's the quality and microsoft's acquisition of bethesda just increased microsoft's studio count by what like six or seven studios uh so obviously sony's looking at that and they're saying we got to keep investing in our first party studios otherwise we're going to fall behind like what microsoft had done so that's not surprising at all to me that they're going to do that. 
the second part of this kind of scares me a little bit though because it it's worded in the way of the things that i hate and that's partnerships with and more partnerships with third-party studios i hope that doesn't mean more one-year timed exclusivity content like destiny had for so many years or like just timed exclusivity i hate that stuff so i hope that's not what that means i hope that just means like they're funding like uh third-party studios to build like new games that we wouldn't get uh i hope that's the way that it's intended um but what do you what do you think uh from from this quote what what were your thoughts um i i I fear that what you fear is what might be happening (laughs) um especially if they are like you know funding these studios to make games that we may not see why wouldn't they want it to just be for them you know so i i see what you're saying but i I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I hope that it's it's not that because I, I hate it too. Yeah, it's it really sucks. And as a person who played Destiny on PS4, it's it just sucked. Even even though I got all the cool stuff, it it just sucks seeing seeing that in the community. Like every time I go on the Bungie forums, people just complaining about something that really didn't need to be in the game and didn't benefit really anyone because we're not using it against players on Xbox. We're just using it against ourselves. It's not like we get an upper advantage. But uh, yeah, it was it, it sucks. But uh, the first party investments is kind of what they were hinting at or talking about last week. I guess we talked about how they want to focus on exclusives and, and stuff like that, which, again, like I said uh, last time, it, it's working for them. They're just going to keep doing it. Um, they seem to be moving to more of a, a Nintendo sort of style where they just put out good exclusives and maybe bring a couple of third parties, uh, third party games over every once in a while. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super excited for whatever the future is for for PlayStation. I just hope it doesn't include uh, one year exclusives. Yeah, for sure. And like, I don't have a problem with stuff like uh, you know, um, uh, Death Stranding, for instance, where Kojima needs help funding, and like PlayStation <laughs> reached out to him and and helped them fund that game. Like, I like that kind of stuff because otherwise, you know, they they can't get that funding. So. But like, yes, like exclusive content. Ugh. Ugh. I hate that <laughs> stuff, stuff like Spider Man and yeah. being in Marvel's Avengers only and yeah, stuff like that. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Um, Roro, continuing some more Sony news that kind of goes off the back of this. A brand new AAA multiplayer IP is apparently underway from PlayStation and Firewalk Studio, um, which this this would be their debut game. They haven't released anything yet. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) and it's from some ex Destiny developers, Roro. So that may interest you. Um, And they have apparently been working on this for two years now. Now, I'm not sure, I didn't really look up their studio to see what uh, Destiny, what ex Destiny developers uh, joined the studio. So I'm not familiar with who this is, but. Um, obviously they're coming from a big pedigree in Destiny and Bungie, so it must be, you know, pretty decent developers at least. Um, so I'm very interested to see where this takes us. And again, this is what, this is exactly what I was hoping to get from that third party comment that Sony made. And this kind of reaffirms that, that we're getting a brand new AAA multiplayer game from them, which is cool. And it also throws it in the face of what I was saying a few weeks ago, where Sony doesn't want to invest in multiplayer, but 
there they are. They're investing in multiplayer. So uh, I think that's very cool to see. And I'm interested to see what this partnership ends up coming up with. Uh, obviously, are, are you excited about this? Obviously, with Destiny being <laughs> attached to it. And that's that's pretty much the only reason why I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, even when Bungie mentions about like, hey, we're we're we're, we're uh, focusing on Destiny, but we've got something else coming coming soon too. We're thinking about doing. They've announced like they're working on something to come work up be alongside Destiny as well, and that excites me just because oh, the people who made Bungie are making something, or who made Destiny are making something else. That's that's exciting. But um, yeah. Uh, I, I heard, I don't remember the names myself, but I do remember some developers leaving Bungie and recently talking about uh, the studio uh, being started. So there were, there were some big, uh, big people, big names, I should say, that, that left. So I, I think the people there are definitely in good company to make something exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, definitely excited to see what, what is up next. I, I'm looking at their... Uh, their website now and it it looks really cool not they have really cool art on here but not much else to to give us hints on to what uh what we could expect but, so, uh, so one i've i've looked while you were talking one of the co-founders is leaf joe johansson i'm gonna butcher his name but he worked on destiny one and the expansions for destiny one and destiny two so uh, I'm not as familiar with him, but uh, I, I kind of fell off of following Bungie people after Halo days. So I only know like the like real grizzled people like Lars Bakken and and uh, Luke and all of them. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm probably not the expert when it comes to the the current um, Destiny developers, but um, that is interesting though. Uh, Actually, Ryan Ellis, game director. That sounds familiar as well. I'm not sure why that sounds familiar. Oh, because he came from Bungie as well. So there you go. Uh, Ryan Ellis also is the game director. All right. Yeah, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. See what they... Uh, can is another in. person? Is there another one? Oh, no. This is a, a guy who's partnering. Oh. Never mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, someone, someone else. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm interested to see what this ends up coming up with. So, yes, yeah, cool. Uh, Roro, there's a new Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart trailer that we got, and my goodness, it looks good still. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, and we finally got the name of the other Lombex which is not even close to the name that Insomniac was teasing, which <laughs> confuses me, but I'm all right. Uh, so her name is Rivet, which is interesting. And we're going to get a lot more stuff at the State of Play event that is happening tomorrow as well for Sony. So uh, that'll be very cool to see more stuff from Ratchet. And I cannot wait for freaking June for this game. And I know you can't either, but... Uh, how excited were you? I'll let you speak for your your own words. So excited, so excited, and and like you said, the name that they're hinting. The only thing that it has in common is that it starts starts with the letter R. <laughs> but yeah. I, I love the name. I think it's a really cute name for the character, and I'm excited to learn more about Rivet, um, and just the whole story in general. Um, yeah. Definitely has my uh, interest for sure, but. Like you, like you were, we were saying, it's it's gorgeous. Like it's so beautiful, and I can't believe like 
we're going to see it when we actually play the game, but it seems like these levels are, are loading with a snap of, of, of a finger. Like there was a uh, moment in the trailer where Rivet hit a, or Ratchet, I'm not sure which character, but one of the Lombaxes hit a crystal and then the entire world just shifted to a different stage. And it was just incredible. <laughs> like, I can't believe the stuff that I was, I was seeing in that trailer. It looks beautiful and funny. Like really some of the moments in there were like when he made the, I forget the, the bad guy's name, but he was like standing behind the, the evil general guy yeah. And he noticed he was there, and then he just told him to be quiet and smacked him on the head. I was like, I love stuff like that. But uh, yeah, very excited for the game. Yes, it is going to be very good. And obviously, I mean, the first year of PlayStation 5, and we're getting two phenomenal Insomniac games. It's just yes. awesome. Oh my God, they're so, killing it. Yes. Killing it. <laughs> that was the steal of the century for Sony right there, buying Insomniac. Uh, Roro... Moving on to some Nintendo news. Two and a half years later, Nintendo has released a new Super Mario Party update that allows online play with the main mode, 70 mini games, and the 2v2 mode. So this is awesome. Just to say first, uh, this is awesome that they're doing this and online play is finally coming to the forefront for super Mario party in a game that is like very party heavy, but why the hell did it take them two and a half years to make an online mode for a freaking game that is heavily like party oriented? Like what? Uh, And this this just sums up the entire problem that Nintendo has with online in general is like they're always way behind the times like they're always three steps behind where they should be. And uh, that kind of sucks. But I mean, I guess at least to give them credit, I guess we we have to at least give them credit for coming back two and a half years later and giving us this update Um, because it is cool. Like. Even if you have like family that like is spread across the U.S. or spread across the country or or not country the world, uh, something like this would be really cool for like families to like you know interact with each other online. So I, I definitely think that's a, a good thing, and I'm glad they're finally doing it. Um, Roro, I, I guess we're gonna have to play a uh, Super Mario Party now. I'll have to buy it first though. <laughs> Me too, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it, yeah, I this is just one of those weird Nintendo things where you're like, why? And at the same time, you're like, yes, thank goodness they did it. He's like, you don't know how to feel about it. But yeah, I think this is really cool. Again, like you said, three steps behind the competition in in some weird ways, literally two, two, two and a half years behind the competition, I guess you could say. But I, I think it's really cool. I know this is definitely a complaint that a lot of people had with the game in general, where it's like, why isn't this a thing? And now it is a thing two years later, but I still think it's it's good that it, it is here eventually. And it definitely put the game back on my radar to to try out because I have heard good things about the game, but I just never picked it up. But now that it's back on my radar, now it has this feature, and it's like maybe I, I will pick it up so I can play with my friends around the world, you know? So I'm definitely, definitely interested, but it just just makes me scratch my head as to why it wasn't there at the beginning. And I'm sure Nintendo... Or maybe they don't. Maybe they don't have a reason. Maybe they just didn't do it, and now they're deciding to do it. That I wouldn't put it past them. Nintendo just just doesn't make sense sometimes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, I'm glad it's here nonetheless. Yes, I agree. 
Uh, if you're hearing all sorts of weird noises, my dog's for whatever reason deciding to put his bone underneath my chair and it's clanging all around and everything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on, dog. Uh, but yes, I agree. Um, definitely, definitely very good that Nintendo is actually doing this. Um, but Roro, more Nintendo news. Pokemon Snap has been getting reviews coming in, um, and a lot of people have been pretty positive on it so far. Um, they've essentially said that it's a, a very good callback to what Pokemon Snap did well, and um, I mean, it's still that similar experience where you're still going through and just taking pictures. The premise of the game is very simple. However, I, I will say, like... When I said a few weeks ago that I was like, I don't know how high I am on this game after loving the original as a kid, I think it comes down to this being a $60 game because like, and I I saw Tim Getty say this on Twitter as well. It's, I don't know that the value is there at $60 for, for a game to essentially, it's essentially like a, a photography game inside the Pokemon universe. So, like, how, I guess, how much should you value that in terms of games nowadays, whereas games, you know, 20 years ago were very different than what we have now? Like, is the value there at $60, I guess, is the question. Um, I guess, what do you think? Do you think that that this would be worth $60? Obviously, the, the quality of the game is one thing, but, like, do you think... For you personally, would this be worth sixty dollars? For me personally, I, yeah. I, I'm a bit on the fence on it because in, in Canada, it's it's it, it'll turn out to be ninety dollars for me. Oh gosh! So that's that's like a, a, a decision I have to make <laughs> that I, I I should like contemplate for quite some time. Yeah. And sometimes I contemplate it after I purchase. It. Like, what? Why did I do that? But back to the question, <laughs> I I. I, it definitely isn't the eye of the beholder, much like beauty and all that stuff. Where is is this game worth it? And it does come down to the consumer themselves. And I don't see this as a nine dollar game. What I've seen, or a sixty dollar game, and for for the question. But from what I've seen, I am very excited to hopefully try it out. Hopefully, I will. Tr- maybe I will try it out on Friday. Maybe I'll just give in and say, you know what, I want to I want to dive into it. But from what I've seen, it's not something that I'm ready to spend full price on. And I did hear the conversation that Tim had uh, on Gamescast this week where he said he doesn't think so either. He's enjoying his time with it, but he would he would be a little bit more high on it if it was a, a cheaper game or if it, if it was a mobile game or if it was just not a full price first party Nintendo game with the amount of content that he was able to get out of it. Not that it was a bad game. It's just like the, the amount of stuff that he was able to get out of it. He didn't see it as a, a sixty plus dollar game, and I won't know until. Unfortunately, I won't know if it's worth it until I pick it up and buy it, which is the sucky part because there's probably not going to be a demo for it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it sucks that I I won't technically know for sure until I actually purchase it. But um, as as it stands now, I I I don't think so. I don't feel like it could be, but it looks awesome. Yes. It looks beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I like. Everything I see looks beautiful, but I just don't think I could I could spend the money on it now. Yeah, like the the ten year old me would be like, oh my gosh, this looks awesome! Like, 
so cool. And like back then, that this would have been so amazing. And that's why the original was so good. But like, yeah, you're right. Like the value, I just uh, I can't justify the value now. You know, for sixty dollars and your case ninety dollars. It's it's just. I mean, it's just Especially insane. Yeah. yeah. It, and that that's with a lot, unfortunately, and I love Nintendo so much, yeah. so, so much. <laughs> but that happens to me a lot with Nintendo games in, in general, where I, I get it at full price and either I don't finish it or I'm like, wait a second, what's going on? It doesn't happen a lot. I shouldn't say a lot, but it, it has happened a couple of times. And I, 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 I can't think of the title. So maybe this is just me speaking out of my, my butt right now. But I, I know for a fact that it has happened a lot of the times where I need to to take my time before purchasing it, and you know, just not throwing money out the out the wazoo here. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm still extremely excited, even just to watch people play it. I I feel like this would be a fun game to just watch people play. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so beautiful. But um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, this will probably do, you're probably right. This will probably do well on Twitch at least for a little while. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, Roro, have you ever heard of this this company called Google? Have you heard of them? Uh, oh, are they an up and coming? <laughs> yeah. Thing? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Google, the search engine company, you know, that's how they started. Now has a search function in Stadia. Google Stadia finally has a search function after 526 days of the service being in existence. What? <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even know that this was a thing that that, that Stadia didn't have a search and uh, search functionality. But what? You were literally a company that was built with a search engine. What are you doing, Google? Like I feel like we've definitely ragged on Stadia a bit on this podcast, but my god, what? How do you not Build a search engine for a game distribution platform that you're trying to sell to people, and you're a freaking search engine company. That that's how you started. Oh, Roro, did, were you as shocked as I was from this? I was. I was shocked that it wasn't a function before. I was like, I just assumed, like, of course. I mean, I, it's just not think, something that you even think about. Like, I, I wasn't. I don't go around thinking when Epic Game Store started their thing. Like, I wonder if they'll have a search bar function. Like, it's just a thing that comes with the service. Of course, I need to search up the games, right? Like, how am I? If I want to know if something's on the platform, how am I going to find out if it's on the platform or not without the search function? But I guess they just didn't have enough games to even warrant it, or they just forgot. I I don't know. Yeah. But the but like you said, it's the irony of Google forgetting the search function that's the funniest part that you know the search engine company for didn't didn't think that it would be a good feature for stadia but again two years later they they did it or a year and a half later i guess i don't know but they they finally did it good good for them i guess Uh, yeah better late than better late than never but yeah (laughs) it's super weird (laughs) better late than never yes oh google what are you doing yeah uh our final news story of the week e3 has announced its trio of hosts will who will host the 2021 virtual e3 event um so some of these are very familiar to us the first one greg miller from kind of funny of course uh he will be the first host the second host is jackie 
Jing, which I'm not as familiar with her. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with her. Apparently, she's Emmy no an Emmy-nominated host. Um, are you familiar with her at all, her work? Yes. I, I, I shouldn't say I'm super familiar, but I have definitely seen her hosting stuff before. She's been on, like, uh, like sports networks or esports stuff. Oh. Um, she's definitely been on IGN before. I think she did. She's on a couple of hosting stuff, whether it be IGN News. I don't know if she's done the Daily Fix before. I, I feel like she, she might have. But I've definitely seen her host things before, and she's really good as well. Awesome. And uh, they're also joined by Alex Golden Boy Mendez, which love Golden Boy. He's awesome. Uh, he's obviously, he, he kind of, I feel like he's like a, a little boy all grown up because I, I, I watched all of his commentating stuff, you know, through Halo Championship series and all of that. And like he does so many competitive events now, it's insane. He's a big Halo fan as well, which we gotta love him for that. Uh, but yeah, this is a really, really, really good uh, trio of hosts for E3. And I'm very interested to see what happens with this vir virtual event and see if this kind of saves E3. I hope it does, as we've talked about before. Um, and we still haven't heard about like uh, events, uh, like timing in terms of like if xbox is get, having a, a conference or ubisoft's having a conference and what day those will be in times and stuff so i'm still hoping hoping we get that information but uh apparently they're hosting from june 12th through june 15th which uh happens to be i believe a saturday through um tuesday and uh, that is usually the timing. Usually Microsoft has their, their event on uh, Sunday before like E3 week. So, I mean, that's possible that maybe Microsoft goes back into that slot on Sunday, Sunday evening or mid afternoon, whatever that was. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see, see these three take off from here. Um, are you, are you interested in seeing this digital E3 with them? Yes, definitely. I, I keep like I've been very lukewarm about E3 being digital and just what it could be. Um, seeing these three uh, be announced as hosts has definitely got me more excited. Um, I think uh, I, I know Greg Miller and well, Tim Gettys said that Greg Miller will be able to still do the kind of funny react stuff. So um, it's it, it's interesting to see what the hosting is going to be like. Are they literally just introducing the next thing? What is hosting going to be like if he's going to be able to like host and then go back to kind of funny to, to watch the, the conferences and stuff. But with it being digital, I'm sure it's a lot, lot easier. But um, yeah, I'm very, very excited. Every, everything I hear about E3 gets me more and more less lukewarm on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for June. Yeah, and and Greg specifically said that uh, that little snippet about you know conferences and that when the conferences are going on, he would still be live reacting. So I'm assuming maybe he knows that those conferences for sure are happening because we still haven't gotten those details yet. So hopefully that ends up happening. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, I I watched Games Daily today. Um, and Tim talked about it uh, a little bit about Greg being on the show and Jackie Jang, awesome golden boy, also awesome. I'm just very more familiar with the, with Greg Miller, so I'm not trying to take away from the other two because I know they're fantastic as well. Yeah. But I just want to echo 
kind of what he said because I totally agree as as he knows him obviously obviously he knows him a lot better than I do I don't know him at all but I I've been a fan of him for like forever and it's crazy to see him host E3 now like he's obviously big everybody knows in in the in gaming game industry everybody knows him obviously but it's crazy to see like him from IGN to like beyond to kind of funny to like host E3 like it's crazy but uh very yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah, like I still remember like him starting at IGN. He was, he was yeah. such a young kid. Like <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he's really definitely made a name for himself and kind of built kind of funny from that. So yeah, cool. Uh, moving into the games we are playing slash what we are working on. Where I haven't been working on anything in a long time. <laughs> However, I think I may. With this news about E3, I think I may revive my E3 predictions uh, for the people that are going to be there, at least. So Microsoft, Ubisoft, uh, I can't remember who else. Obviously, Bethesda is part of Microsoft now, so I don't, I guess that's going to be together. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, might revive that, bring that back. But I also wanted to point out that Halo, the Master Chief Collection, has their custom game browser uh, going into testing starting tomorrow. So if anybody wants to check that out, I'm very excited about that. Um, Essentially, you'll be able to find custom games uh, in a matchmaking type situation where you can search for custom games. Uh, That would be the dog squeaking the toy as loud as possible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that and check that out starting tomorrow. So that's all I've got. Um, I have not been playing much either. I've been pretty busy with, uh, wrapping up school, but, uh, wrapping up the semester of school. Um, but I've been playing a little bit of Destiny, always make time for that, of course. (laughs) But the Guardians games obviously is still going on and Titans are losing. It's honestly quite pathetic guys come on come on if there's any titans out there please let's rise up and beat the warlocks and hunters please Uh, i I guess we had our time to shine last last year but still would be nice to win again but uh definitely enjoying my time with it it is very you know bland i guess you could say i I do like the the items that they introduced uh with guardian games but it, it is just literally just doing bounties and turning in the medals for completing the bounties. So it's literally just destiny with a little, little tiny, very minuscule twist, but I, I love the, the festivity around it. So I'm enjoying it, but um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've had the chance to play. I played a little bit more of uh, spirit tracks on, on my 3ds. Still nice. enjoying that replay and uh, that's it. That's really it. So, Oh, Oh, I just wanted to also mention that I bought a Nintendo DS for twenty five dollars, wow! Not to play DS games, but to play Game Boy games, and that's why it was so cheap because it can't play DS games. It can only play Game Boy games. The Game Boy slot is the only thing that's operable. So hopefully, I'll be able to tell you guys about the the GBA games that I'm replaying as well soon if I can purchase some as well. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, that was something that I did as well. Nice. Yeah. Um. So, what place is Titans in, Roro? What are they third? In? So, oh, yeah. Third. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and, and hunters were leading for a long time yeah and then warlocks took over yesterday so they're in the lead and hunters are like right behind but then there's like the titan flag that is just like still very close to the bottom <laughs> like what happened what <laughs> jeez yeah but if warlocks can take over I'm, I'm hoping that we can at least catch up man it's 
it's rough. Go Hunters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the topic of the show, real, real. Uh, Xbox and PlayStation have both shown off some of their financials, and uh, I believe these financials, Roro, shows us the strength of the console industry, which is very interesting because... I believe there was a lot of people before last gen that were saying consoles were kind of going away and going by the wayside. And there was talk of one of the big publishers that wasn't going to do a console after the PS4 Xbox one generation. So I don't know who that was, whether it was Microsoft, Sony or uh, Nintendo, but I would assume one of them was in that discussion. I'm thinking it was, xbox because of the leadership don matrick was at the helm back then and he kind of took them down a terrible path uh but uh yeah this is very interesting that this is just showing the console strength i guess and uh so we got news on xbox revenue so i'm trying to fight this dog as i'm talking here uh Xbox gaming revenue is up 50% year over year in the quarter. And I saw initially when this uh, news came out, I saw a lot of people saying that this was because it includes the Bethesda numbers and that's why it went up so much. But actually, after I looked up some information and actually some other people tweeted about it, it actually only includes three weeks of Bethesda numbers in the quarter. So really, that's kind of insignificant. Ow! Dog just bit my arm. That hurt. Uh, Sorry. Uh, So it actually only includes three weeks of Bethesda numbers. So it's really kind of insignificant in terms of the entire quarter because you have, what, a quarter is uh, three months. So I guess almost a month of that quarter. So maybe a third of it was Bethesda uh, numbers being added to it. So I don't think that that had a huge influence on uh, this in terms of year over year. But obviously, moving forward, Bethesda is going to have a big influence on that. So it's definitely something to watch out for. And also, hardware revenue is up 232% year over year, thanks to the demand for Xbox Series S and X, which we still don't have sales numbers for uh, in terms of console sales. But uh, we we won't ever get those because Microsoft doesn't reveal those anymore. Um, but this, again, it just shows the sheer strength of, of the industry. And I guess my question to you, Roro, is do we think that at this point that Xbox and PlayStation are even in competition for, with one another for, in terms of like market share? Or do we think that like personally, I'm, I'm of the opinion that I think that um, that they both are going to exist very strongly in two different capacities. Like obviously Microsoft pushes their software or um, not software, their uh, service, including game pass and stuff like that. And Sony's going to continue to invest in their first party studios and their first party games. And I think it's going to be interesting to see the differences there, but I think that both are going to do very well. Uh, So what did you, what were your impressions by these Xbox numbers? really great like uh like you asked if if i think they could uh if they're in competition with one another and obviously like to an extent they they always will be but i agree like they they can they are both playing a different game right now and depending on who you are you could say one of them is is winning this game but i, I do think that there's 
there's enough room for both of them to exist, to both of them to do to be in first place, tied for first place for wh whatever that means. They're both doing really good, as we'll talk about the PlayStation numbers after it as well. But yeah, I, I think Xbox is doing great this 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 go around. Um, the moves that they've been making with Game Pass and the people that they've been acquiring and just everything like their social media team is is fantastic too. Like just everything going on on Xbox's side has been really impressive to me because I haven't been an Xbox person for a very long time. So the from the outside looking in, I look at these numbers, I look at what they're doing, and I've said it before. I like maybe I want to get a Series S before I get a PlayStation Five, based on what I've seen Xbox do so far, yeah. and and yeah, I I still stand by that, um, and yeah, I, I think they're doing doing good so far, and I'm, yeah. I, again, I think like I I agree with what you're saying basically. I, I think they could both do great and yeah. not have to compete with each other. And that's the thing, what you're talking about, like. They're doing something like they're changing your mindset to make you think you want to get a Series S or X because of the value that Game Pass brings. But then you have like stuff like Ratchet and Clank Rift and uh, Rift Apart that shows up, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this looks so good too!" That Sony's trying to pull you in with that. So it's like they're they have two different strategies right now that are very interesting, but both are and doing well. Exactly, and and that's that speaks to your point as well. Whereas like I'm eventually going to have to get both. And I'm eventually going to keep buying games on both because I have both. So there, there's definitely, and I, and I love Nintendo. So everybody's winning in my box. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or even just uh, get a gaming PC or, uh, or even xCloud. Uh, that's an option as well now. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, and Roro on the PlayStation side of things, seven point. So f actually first to preface this last week, we learned that PS five was the highest or quickest selling console ever in all of all time. And PS four was previously the, the fastest selling console of all time. So the PS five has sold 7.8 million PS fives. And in comparison, the PS4 in the same time span was at 7.6 million PS4s. So uh, roughly 200,000 uh, console difference, which is not uh, not that different. I thought I honestly thought that there's no way with the pandemic and with the shortages and all of that, I thought there was no way the PS5 could outsell the PS4, especially, you know, apples to apples comparison and they've they've done it they've outsold them by 200,000 units that's pretty impressive uh considering everything that's going on right now and uh that includes 47.6 million PlayStation Plus subscribers which is very impressive obviously PlayStation Plus is unrivaled in terms of free games cuz uh, Xbox Xbox games with gold has pretty much been non-existent since Game Pass was a thing um so that's great as well. Uh, 338 million games sold for PS4 and PS5 in the last year. Buck! Ah! I just got <laughs> bit again! <laughs> Jesus! Uh, 338 million uh, games have been sold, which is... That's just an insane amount of games being sold for PS4 and PS5. That's outstanding. Uh, and 24.4 billion in gaming revenue over the same period which is astronomical i think somebody tweeted out like the entire movie industry made like 
I don't know, 10 billion or something. And they made 24.4 billion alone. Like that's unreal. So obviously this shows the interest for what Sony's doing with Ratchet and Clank and, and obviously Spider-Man and uh, everything else we have coming up horizon uh, forbidden West. So yeah, I think this further kind of illustrates our point Roro, that I, both are doing very well and very successful things right now. Um, do you think that the PS5 is going to continue to outsell the PS4? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I feel like there's a lot more. Dem- I think there's a lot more people wanting to get a PlayStation Five, or a lot more gamers out there now. It's just every single time a console release, it just seems like. I shouldn't say that every time because the Wii U was a thing, but every <laughs> most of the time there's it 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 either does better or more fans are drawn to it or. Like for this for this example, you say it's not a big difference, and it's not because with the seven point six million and the seven point eight, it's not a, a huge difference. Um, but I feel like more people are here because of the launch lineup was really good. The promise of what's to come is exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I I just think everything about the initial, besides the shortages, everything about the initial launch of the PS Five was was great and has people excited for the future. So I think it's once it settles down, I I see I feel like that number is going to uh, spike a, a, a again and just keep going slowly up. I, I, I think I think PS5 is going to continue to do really well. Yeah, I agree. And obviously, it's impossible to find a Series S or X or <laughs> PS5 right now. Like you can't find any of them unless you're like on the on the mark, ready to go when when new consoles come out on a, a retailer. Uh, you kind of have to be ready and and you know in the mindset to get this like quickly um so yeah it'll be interesting to see how long it takes before we can actually get a ps5 or xbox series s or x like right away like if you want to just get one you could get one i I don't know how long that's gonna be but yeah all right i feel like it's gonna be a while but i hope it's soon hope it's soon yes i agree i agree uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about before we close the show? Um, you oh, know I what? Did... Shoot. I oh. forgot. I just remembered. I forgot to add your news story that you sent me. And oh, right. I completely yeah. I just forgot until just now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and of course the dog decides to start squeaking, right? When I'm doing this. All right. So uh, I guess un. Or Last of Us Part Three has started to uh, kind of not not get leaked, but somebody s- did say. I think Neil Druckmann said Neil Druckmann. that, yeah, that they have an idea of like what they want Last of Us Part Three to be, but they're not going to make it anytime soon. So that that's a very interesting uh, quote because obviously the rumors right now are that they're making uncharted like another uncharted game and uh last of us one uh remake um so i i don't understand why why even make the last of us remake if you have this idea for a cool sequel like do the I sequel <laughs> like i don't know I, that's the yeah i don't understand that it doesn't make any sense like Definitely, I w- I think anyone, any gamer out there that loves Last of Us would rather see a sequel than see a remake of a game that, you know, already looks really good. And, it, you know, 
what i don't know what what do you want to see from a uh, uh, last of us part three um i would i would love to see ellie again <laughs> honestly i just want to see where she ended up at the end of or where what her story how her story continues i don't you haven't finished it yet so i don't want to say anything too much unless you know maybe you, you already know i haven't even started it, it yet <laughs> okay never mind <laughs> but um yeah, I, I would love to see that story continue. Um, it, it excites me that there's even that that story even exists, even if it's on a sheet of paper somewhere. That 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 alone excites me because I I, I love The Last of Us. I, I I really enjoy Part Two, and the idea of a Part Three is is definitely something that I would I would want. Um, but like you said, they're making a remake instead, mm-hmm. and there's possibilities of a of a uh whatchamacallit of the uncharted yeah Yeah. so i could like if they did the last of us part three and in how however long that'll take that'll take a long time and then imagine the trilogy's done and then 10 years or five years after the trilogy completes the last of us how last of us remake is announced like that would that would have been so much cooler i would have lost my mind for that yeah and of, of course technology would have obviously progressed and i would just be oozing frothing at the mouth as to what that could look like i feel like it's eight years right i think yeah from 2013 to yes. now yep and even even less with the remaster it's like yeah. why why'd you why'd you do that now but i don't know it's just disappointing i i i'm excited about the last of us part three but it it's one it's like the it's like the time splitters thing that that happened a while ago. It's like this is awesome, but now that I know it's not coming, it sucks that I know this intervention now because now I'm yeah. going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. So, yeah. And in their reasoning, the reasoning was kind of bizarre too because he said, "Well, these games take like a long time and you know a lot of development." Well, so does any other Naughty Dog game. Like any Naughty Dog <laughs> game that you guys make is going to take a lot. Years on top. <laughs> right yeah so uh, yeah that's i don't know i yeah I, i'm kind of indifferent about this i i wish they would just go and do a part three and do what they wanted to, to like kind of close out that saga i guess and then go do your uncharted reboot or you know reimagining whatever they want to do with the next uncharted because i feel like people will still come back to uncharted when that eventually comes back but uh last of us it's in our minds right now let's just f- complete that chapter of your your story and go to the next thing but i don't know yeah <laughs> all right well now that i remembered that anything else <laughs> what i was going to mention because i forgot the last of us story too okay but what i was going to mention is just a psa for anybody listening is that the state of play is tomorrow yes and it's going to be ration and clank focused as and you already know how excited we were so if you're not excited or if you are excited either way you should definitely tune in and be blown away by the ration and clank stuff that they're going to show off tomorrow so yeah just wanted to mention that yes so good you're excited all right cool uh thank you again to everyone joining us both live on youtube and on twitch who bared with us through all those technical issues uh as well as podcast services everywhere including apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, soundcloud spotify and stitcher thank you roro i am daniel and this has been podcast pxn and we are out much love and keep on gaming See you.